And we are live. Welcome to this latest episode of Totally Unscripted. I'm Martin Hoxie. And uh, as ever, I'm joined by Charles. Hello, Charles. Hey, Martin. Hello, everybody listening in. So we should say from the outset, so we're missing one of our other regular co-hosts, Steve Webster. So Steve is uh, unfortunately uh, unwell today. So we're sending our wishes to Steve and uh, a speedy recovery. But uh, let's uh, not delay getting on to the show. So this is, I think, actually going to be a really educational experience, particularly for me, Charles. Um, so I'm looking forward to learning uh, quite a lot. So today we're going to be talking about getting amped about email. Uh, so Charles, tell me what we should be getting amped about. Absolutely. I mean, you know, hopefully the title attracted some people to come take a look at this episode because let's be honest, email is traditionally not sexy or flashy. It's actually quite boring and kind of quite a utility that we've used for a long period of time. And has it really evolved over uh, the years as many technologies have? And so um, what we're about to hear from and from John and Steve is how you actually can take email to the next level by making it funner, interactive, interesting, flow within your business processes, um, bring an experience to the user that's unlike anything email seen before. It shouldn't be this you know, plain HTML or, or static content that sits there, it should do something. It should connect to other systems. And, you know, AMP really allows you to do that. And I've played a lot with that myself. And I think the use cases are super stunning. Um, but with no further ado, why don't we bring in John and Steve and let's get AMPed ourselves. <laughs> Hi there. Hey, how's hey, it going? Hey, Charles and Martin. Hey. So quick introductions. Um, if you may, John, you are the, uh, the product manager of uh, not just AMP for email, but also other things. Uh, real quickly, you want to just introduce yourself and then Steve, obviously the folks know you, but if you want to just jump in and tell us what you do with AMP, that'd be awesome. So yeah, I'm a product manager for AMP for email on the Gmail team, uh, as well as for uh, the Allen ecosystem across all of Google Workspace. Um, I sort of focus on how people can integrate things into Gmail overall. Awesome. And I'm uh, Steve Basil, and I'm a developer programs engineer, one of probably many titles now. Uh, and yeah, I, you know, I started playing with AMP, so it was last year for Next, we built that showcase video. Um, and uh, yeah, it was you know helping out with the AMP stuff, and it's it's actually really cool stuff. And um, you know, just late, lately, I've been starting to you know work with some more developers on it and learning more about it myself. And yeah, I you know I just I think it's it's a neat technology that has uh, a lot of potential, especially for enterprise applications and transactional emails. And, but John's going to go into all that, hopefully. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I don't want to steal his thunder. <laughs> one of the great things is, you know, first of all, I think it's been kind of a quiet secret. And John, I think it was originally geared for, you know, email providers, people who produce a lot of mail. But as Steve mentioned, it's starting to evolve into other use cases, whether it's part of a workflow or enterprise scenarios. And why don't you give us the rundown on what it is and take us through it and, uh, and share the goodies with us? Sure, absolutely. Uh, a little history lesson first uh, that you hinted at, Charles. Email has been around like a long time. We use it for a lot of interesting things, making plans with friends, promotions, whatever, unbelievable number of social media uh, notifications, things like that, right? Um, in fact, 2.6 billion Google Workspace users uh, every month. 
and 293 billion emails sent in 2019 are pretty staggering numbers. I feel like I get a vast majority of those 293 billion emails in my <laughs> inbox. Um, and over that same time period since email was invented, like we've evolved the web incredibly significantly. Um, nobody would think in the early 2000s that we could run a spreadsheet application or this you know, StreamYard magical uh, live streaming video extravaganza inside of a browser, but that's, that's what we're doing. Um, all over that time, uh, email hasn't really changed. You can send text, images, and links inside of an email. The content's static and it gets out of date. Uh, you can't like click on it and do fun things with it like you can the rest of the web. So it's like really strange. Email is important to people. Billions of people use it, and it hasn't evolved much. So history lesson over. That's why we made AMP for email. Um, it's uh, an evolution of the AMP standard that allows you to um, really make your emails more interactive and interesting. Uh, it's a big deal that we've done this, or at least we think it is. I'm massively biased. Um, <laughs> that's just my job and all. But it like it makes uh, emails more interactive, so you can do things like clicking around in interfaces, taking actions. Uh, it can up keep them up to date so that you don't see old stuff if things have changed. And we'll talk about some specific use cases in a minute. Um, and then like taking actions right there without opening up a new tab, not going anywhere else. Um, and then it's super important to note that AMP is... Uh, is an additive thing to the email standard. It is not a replacement. So it's just a third MIME type that goes inside of the email body along the side the um, text and HTML parts. Um, so all good things. What can you do? There are a number of components. Um, first few I call marketing components. Um, they're look and feel things, carousel, accordion, sidebar. Uh, there's, and I'll show you some examples in a minute, but they're just different ways to display content. Where it gets super interesting to me, at least, is this dynamic AMP data. So AMP bind, AMP list, and AMP form. That's what allows that rich interactivity, uh, keeping content up to date, stuff like that. And then there's another time ago widget, which is I'm kind of interested. Hey, John, so this is a great point I, I wanted to ask you a question on. So AMP, accelerated mobile pages, it's pretty large spec for building websites and, and, and really fast mobile sites. That's right. What portion or, 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 or how does AMP for email use that? I mean, is it a one for one? Are there things that are missing? Um, is it a derivative? Like go to some details about if someone already knows AMP, what's the email? Component? Great question. Yeah, yeah. So it is a derivative. It is a subset of the overall AMP standard. Um, so there are certain uh, AMP components that we allow, largely the ones you see here. Um, there's more information on all the specific AMP components and what uh, how they work inside of email. If you go to amp.dev slash about slash email, um, that will, thank you, that will show you all the documentation. You can figure out exactly what, what is supported. Um, but the really interesting parts are bind, list, and form. Yeah, and I think it's really good to point out because obviously, you know, we want to build very interactive dynamic sites, but we also need to maintain the safety and, and frankly, the sanctity of emails. And obviously the AMP for email spec is, is focused on that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I see a, a comment, question comment has come in around uh, ways to watch video inside of Gmail. Um, that's a great question. And the answer is you can't really do it. Um, because of the way we've implemented AMP, uh, for security and privacy reasons, there's, we proxy all of the content. And so being able to watch a video inside of Gmail would mean that we would have to proxy that entire video stream. And that's more infrastructure than uh, is it's worth. 
That's a pull up. Um, <laughs> the diplomatic way of saying it. <laughs> um, I hoping we could put the show through it. But, uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We'll just do the entire show inside of an email. That'd be <laughs> oh, um, no, that'd be so awesome. Oh, hey, I mean, there's some cool factor there, but uh, yeah. Um, and then there was another question I wanted to answer. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, well, Google Forms automatically incorpor incorporate AMP superpowers. If I can convince the form team to build that out, uh, yes. Um, so that's, you know, it's an internal uh, thing we need to do. But I think having AMP, uh, sorry, having Google Forms work inside of an uh, AMP email would be a natural extension like we do with uh, some of the examples I'll show you in a minute. That would be awesome. Keep those ideas coming. Yeah, yeah awesome. absolutely. We love those. Uh, so when should you use AMP email? Uh, you can use it whenever you want to, absolutely. But generally when it's things that are like transactional, like um, receipts, delivery notices, anything that may uh, change over time, um, anything you want to reduce friction on, so like surveys or whatever, if, if I want to make that user take action inside the email, much higher uh, response rates when you bake that content uh, interactive content into the message. Um, and then, as already said, the, uh, the changing content bits, right? So if it's a uh, delivery status, uh, you know, it's shipped, it's in this place, like you can imagine the UPS delivery notification case. Um, we have uh, an e-commerce provider that's done that that I'll show you as well. So... Hey, I got a question for you. So some of those use cases, like quick actions and everything, um, there's another not entirely well-known uh, Gmail surface area for quick actions. Uh, I'm not sure what we're calling them these days. We used to call them, uh, used to be smart mail and had a few different mon monikers of doing metadata. And like, where, like, how do you steer people to the right path? Like, you know, a quick action that appears just in the summary versus something in the, in the body of a message. Yeah, I think it's definitely worth test testing both if your quick action is literally one button. Uh, if you don't need a ton of context to the thing, then putting it in the smart action in, so you see it in the thread list and, and like you can RSVP to uh, calendar invites. I don't need a ton of context. I see that I am available and, uh, and accept the meeting. But if I need to like approve an invoice or somebody's expense report or something, I would probably want to see the expense report. So making it an AMP email makes more sense in that case. Um, or if it's important that the content could change multiple ways. So like there's uh, three steps in this workflow um, or or something more advanced of an interaction than just a single click, then obviously AMP email works better. Um, there's no reason they can't work together. Uh, That's true, right? Yeah, you could have a approve in the summary, but then still be able to drill in and get that context. Yeah. My manager probably would use the approve in the summary more often than not. It's <laughs> so, good to know. <laughs> he, he trusts me. Uh, so, <clears throat> uh, when you build HTML emails, there's a lot of variability and trickiness, especially as you start getting more uh, creative and advanced. Not all clients handle all of it the same. That's one of the great things about AMP for email is it is a standard that should render the same in all clients that support it. Um, that, uh, so AMP works with, with HTML, CMS, CSS, everything should feel relatively normal except for the AMP components. Uh, no need for the hacks. Um, there's people who made their entire careers and companies that have made their entire, uh, reason for existence on email hacks and trying to make all that stuff happen. We're trying to make it easier for you to get that 
set of interactivity and to have it be universally uh, viewable. So if you're sending emails today, you're writing HTML and you're actually pushing that through to actually make it enabled, interactive, dynamic, AMP email, it's a pretty small, subtle change, isn't it, in a lot of ways? It should be a relatively straightforward uh, set of changes. Um, we have There's a, a company we've um, done a webinar with before called Skipify that will take an HTML email and convert it over for an e-commerce customer awesome. uh, to AMP. Um, there's plenty of people, uh, like a handful of people, I should say, that do builders so that you don't have to think about the code. I mean, but look, if you look here, this is the code for a carousel. Um, relatively straightforward, not that hard. Um, so it looks like HTML with a few extra tags. Yeah, so you'll see the AMP carousel tag is different. You'll see all that um, script stuff. So you have to include those scripts so you can't include other scripts outside of the AMP stuff. We won't, it won't, uh, it won't validate. And we'll talk about the validator and the um, AMP playground in a bit. Uh, I think we will in a bit, uh, but yeah, it's again, Just it's a easy. question coming from Nicholas as well. So I'm guessing, but from what you're saying that you can use a combination of AMP and, and obviously HTML. Even better than that, Nicholas, you have to use both. So you have, <laughs> if you're going to send an AMP email, you have, you, there's, there's HTML and CSS in that AMP email. Um, we don't allow all of the same CSS that's allowed in an HTML email. Although, again, it depends on which client you're talking about, uh, what they allow. Uh, but you have to have an HTML part and an AMP part because there's a bunch of reasons that an AMP email could fall back to HTML. Um, like if I'm a Gmail user and I happen to have an iPhone using Apple Mail on my iPhone, Apple Mail on the iPhone doesn't support AMP for email, so you have to have HTML fallback. Um, if there's some sort of connect, you know, if you have a callback to the server and there's some connectivity problem, it, it'll it'll fall back. Uh, there's a variety of things that could make an HTML, sorry, an AMP email fallback to HTML. So make sure you have a really good solid HTML fallback um, so that you can get all the coverage. And if you don't, it'll yeah, not render. Right. So carousel example. Um, again, this is just a marketing example. You see the thing just slides as you would expect a carousel to do. Um, <laughs> exactly. Um, before I jump into the use cases stuff, let me just scan through the questions, see if there's else, anything else really quickly. Yeah, uh, here, here's one I got, I got for, I'll read it out for you. Um, from Sarah. So like email markup, does AMP for email require approval by Google? Yes. And it's AMP for email is not just a Google thing. I think I have a slide on this later. Uh, AMP for email is supported by Google, um, Yahoo, and mail.ru, and AOL.com is coming soon. Um, and so we have a registration process. Uh, you register each from address that you're, that you're sending from. And uh, the email is then reviewed. And one, once you have sent a working production quality AMP email, we review it, and you are reg successfully registered and added to the allow list, then you can begin sending uh, to. Hey, let me ask a question on that. If I wanted to use AMP for email for an internal domain solution only, do I still have to register it? Yes. Yeah, OK. What about my developer experience? Uh, so for developers, you can allow list uh, a from address from the playground um, so that you can do your testing. Awesome. Um, 
or the uh, yeah, I guess in theory, in a domain experience, you could for, uh, allow list no reply at mycompany.com or whatever, uh, <laughs> and have each individual email user allow list that. But I wouldn't recommend it. That's Would there possibly be any uh, capability in the future where we could do a domain centric, or is it always going to be kind of public, or you know, you must register for all, no matter what the use case is? Uh, I'm asking. I mean, I'm asking for a feature for a friend, by the way. <laughs> uh, in an ideal world, there would not need to be a registration process whatsoever, and this would just be how email works. Um, that ideal world is not as close to reality as I would like it to be. Um, and so we're exploring various, uh, for lack of a better term, half measures to get us closer to that in the near term. But in general, it's more oriented towards the broad mass marketing email things or mass uh, productivity type cases. Uh, where a specific individual company still probably needs to go ahead and get the registration process done. Makes sense. Okay, why don't you show us some examples? Oh, well, sure. Perhaps before that, um, oh. yeah, Neil's question about, so you've talked about developers whitelisting email addresses. So in terms, I'm guessing what Neil's getting at is um, users signing up so that they can receive AMP email, or is this... I'm not entirely. Area. I think Neil might need to restate the question because I'm not entirely certain what uh, he's asking. Because hmm. um, you have to, you know, you have to have signed into your Gmail account, and then when you do, you will be able to see AMP emails. So I think that there's something else he's asking. Mm -hmm. but I'm not sure what it is. Okay. So let me, I will quickly burn through some uh, examples. So there's. Um, I'll start with the marketing examples. There's Pinterest allows you to um, scroll through and see lots of cool stuff. But then more importantly, you can take action right inside that message and just pin the thing without having to open a new tab. Um, a lending tree did one where it's like a, a loan calculator uh, where you go and answer a number of questions. And, you know, are you a homeowner? What's your financial goal? Blah, blah, blah. And then they recommend a specific loan for you. Um, they saw increased loan applications with that, which is great. So equity, I, uh, led this the witness a little earlier with this one <laughs> this is an e-commerce platform provider so they they're like shopify or, or big commerce they allow you to build an e-commerce store of your own um, and so here you see a catalog use case um, with things like the carousel uh, and a bunch of different interactions happening there so that's you know cool looking um, they have an email verification when you sign up to create a store yourself you obviously have to confirm your email because they're trying to reduce uh, bad actors as well so this one confirm and the next time you come into this email it's just is that signed into the control panel email so this is, is uh, that button so it's still a useful email um, this is the real-time order status I was talking about so it calls back to the server and says where in the pipeline is the thing um, and then uh, they implemented for some of their subset of their customers in a higher paid tier this uh, abandoned cart email powered by amp just basically just a catalog thing but only for the thing you left in your cart when they implemented that, on average, their merchants saw an increase of 82% in sales from the abandoned cart, and one of them had a over 300% increase in sales. Yeah, that, um, that is so that's, that's money. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, I mean, it's, it's seriously insane. Um, so and you can yeah. read that, 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 there's a link at the bottom, you can read that success so it's story. It's not just dynamic email, it's better email, right? I mean, it actually helps the business model work much smoother. Absolutely uh, does. Let I mean, me the tell way you, yeah. Yeah, the one thing I could see in the e-commerce scenario is imagine a product is backordered or out of catalog. It's dynamic, right? It doesn't show as something you can buy if you want to actually extract that and say it's, it's not available. 
and it really just makes that whole experience a lot better for the, the person. Yeah, or inventory is getting low and you want to promote something else as the premier thing, change the content on the fly. Um, Oyo travel booking site back when people used to travel to places. Hmm. Um, those were good old days, huh? Hmm. Uh, it's like it's a pretty robust. Yeah, one day again, it's a pretty robust set of interactions, right? You can carousel through, find a specific place, and get more details about it. Uh, when they launched this, 57% uh, increase in click-throughs and 60% higher conversions. Obviously, conversions equals dollars. That's better. Uh, I think this is the final. Uh, maybe I have one more. Um, loan calculator. So you can see every time they click anything, it change all the numbers change immediately. Everything's baked right into this. Uh, email this one doesn't even make calls back to the server uh, and when they implemented that they saw their click-through rates more than double so that's pretty epic so those are all like marketing things and that's why i went through them much more quickly because i think the interesting stuff is what i'm about to talk about uh, unless cool. you want to stop me and ask questions to us no that's awesome but show us these okay cool so uh, the one that most people are probably aware of if they're Google Workspace, Gmail type users is this Google Docs comment. So whenever somebody tags you in a document, it sends you an email. When you see that little bit of context, it used to be you'd have to click on that, open a new tab, and it hopefully would take you to the right spot in the doc. Um, now you can just respond, respond directly in that message. And if somebody else has made comments since that, since that message was sent to you, you'll see that updated stuff too. So, so very frequently, you just open that message, see that the problem is taken care of, and, and move on with your life without having to do anything. Love that feature, by the way. It's, so it's hugely, hugely uh, uh, popular, high customer satisfaction rates. Like it's it's strong. Yeah, you meant you you mentioned obviously you know, the uh, interaction increases from the e-commerce solutions. I've heard some numbers about just. Uh, the number of people commenting on documents is higher. Do you have a stat or something you can share? I mean, what's the, because I, I mean, don't have an somewhere else to comment on a document, I'm less likely to do it. Um, um, and it's workflow it just streamlines right through my inbox, which, you know, it, it's an amazing increase of performance or productivity. Yeah, some of the non-Google senders have some stats that I'll share in a second around that same set of use cases. Uh, I, we didn't ever get uh, Google <laughs> group numbers. That'd yeah. be interesting. Big company problems. Um, this other one that's been playing, uh, oh, it's, I guess we took it off screen, but um, this next one here is uh, granting access to files. So when somebody, you know, access a file that has restricted permissions on it, it, used to be kind of a pain to approve those permissions. Now it happens right inside the message. Same kinds of ideas there, right? Choose your level, maybe send a message and just hit share. It just works. Um, another one uh, that's launching soon, Zapier, allows you to replay some held tasks. So the, you see the before. Uh, message which would take you to viewing the task and now on the right side you just hit replay and boom it replays right inside the email. Um, dispatch is uh, like a tool for building emails and so they have a bunch of these interesting templates so this one is a um, an event survey so you see you enter some uh, some answers to some survey questions hit submit and you get a thank you. Um, similar idea with the product review um, you purchase something, this template comes out that says, you know, give me a rating and a review. I wait patiently because I'm talking too fast for the animation to complete. <laughs> and ultimately, you'll see the person hit the submit review button and, uh, you know, success happens inside the tab. As you can imagine, when you implement it, something like this, like the response rates are way higher because it just feels more natural and integrated and you don't pop out to somewhere else which is where uh, fall off happens all the time. 
And then the crazy thing that they did um, is this is a chat client built inside of an email. So there's, it's a little bit of a hack in that you have to hit the little refresh button if you want to uh, see comments that have come from the other side. But the fact that they did this at all, I think is amazing. Um, Vogzi is a professional services automation solution and they built this sort of, uh, I was hinting at this one earlier, the uh, invoice approval kind of a thing. So they could absolutely put the accept button into the, um, into the subject line, but more likely you're gonna wanna have a little more context, click on the document to, to see it and then approve. Uh, real quick, they improved, uh, their customers improved approval times, improved approval times from like 24 hours to less than four when they implemented that, so that was helpful. Um, Guru's knowledge management uh, system. So yeah, how do you make sure that everybody in your company knows all the right things? Uh, they launched this experience that you see here, um, way more visually interesting and useful uh, for, for verifying sort of knowledge cards that they have. Um, two and a half time increase in card comments, 75% uh, in increase in card verifications. Um, so hugely successful, useful cases for them. Um, and I left one out, which is, uh, we'll show people later, it's fine. So first of all, those were awesome. And and actually they're all very pretty as well too. I mean, nicely designed CSS around it as well too, I think is impressive. But basically anybody that has an interactive email workflow, right? I need to get response. I need to share information in real time. Yeah. They're a candidate for building an AMP for email to actually, as you said, almost every single use case or every use case, it's a better experience. They get higher pickup numbers. They have more interactivity. They have people completing tasks. Yeah. I mean, really, if you're sending email that requires an action, AMP has a business value. Absolutely. Well, there was, um, there's another company uh, called Skipify that does, uh, that I mentioned earlier, that works with e-commerce um, senders. And they built the entire cart shopping experience inside of the method. So you can choose like colors and sizes. Uh, add to cart a number of items and then view your cart and then one click uh, purchase right from the message. Uh, the one click does take you out to a confirmation page in case you want to cancel or change your mind. Um, but yeah, other than that, the entire thing is baked inside of an email for the full shopping experience. Um, it's pretty amazing. So let me play the devil's advocate for a second. Uh, this has been out for about a year-ish. A little more, yeah. And it seems like it's a best kept secret. Not a lot of folks doing it. Is it because it's hard? Is it because it's not discover? What's the reason we haven't seen more of it? And I know you're going to segue in a second to show us some third parties that actually can help you build these. But how? What, what's the steps to get people thinking about this more? Or, or what would you encourage people to do to dig in to actually learning how to actually just improve their email experience for their for their their users? Yeah. Uh, let me burn through these slides and then answer that question at the end because that's fair. It's based on the groundwork. Yeah, yeah. So like there's a bunch of there's a bunch of parts to the answer. Um, there's a bunch of parts to sending emails today. And uh, in order for this to work, it has to work with all the parts. So uh, on the delivery side, you have to have an ESP that supports AMP for email. Otherwise, it cannot be delivered to anyone. Uh, and so we've been working really hard to increase the number and the quality of those ESPs. As you can see, there's some big names on here. Uh, Salesforce Marketing Cloud is uh, um, has announced pre-announced support for that. It should be happening early this year. Um, SendGrid, uh, Adobe, you know, Braze, like um, SparkPost, like people that you use uh, are in here. 
there's a bunch of others that aren't on this list, but um, on the screen, but you can you can look at them on amp.dev. Uh, if you, the if the uh, ESP that you're using doesn't support amp email, what we want you to do is ask them to support it. Because the reason that um, some of these have started supporting it is because their customers asked for it. It's not good enough for Google to ask them to do it. Um, it turns out they want their customers who pay the money to ask them for these things. <laughs> um, on the uh, on the rest of the ecosystem side, like it works in Gmail, Mail.ru, Yahoo Mail, as I mentioned, AOL is coming soon. If you're doing uh, testing, it works in Litmus and Node Mailer and uh, Email and Acid, which isn't on here. And there's a bunch of people that'll help you build. Uh, build these things if you don't want to do that coding yourself. Um, and then I'll skip this one. It's it's really cool. So then if you want to do it, uh, first of all, go check out the documentation, make sure ESP supports it, and then you can play around in the playground and um, amp.gmail.dev slash playground or the amp playground on amp.dev. I know those are confusing URLs. Playground.amp.dev slash question runtime equals amp for email. Um, it's two different playgrounds. They do essentially uh, very similar things, I should say. Uh, I find the Gmail one easier for sending myself test things to my Gmail address. Um, and the uh, the AMP one has some other uh, bells and whistles to it. But that's the way to start playing around, see, see what it's going to look like, try some stuff out. There are some templates in there uh, that you can then modify. And then once you have something working, then you have to go through this registration process, which we also hinted at earlier. Um, which is another one of those one of the reasons why there's a bit of a barrier to adoption is because there is a registration process, and we do reject candidly we reject the vast majority of the registrations that come through because they're just broken and wrong. Um, they don't include uh, an HTML fallback, or they have code in there that isn't that wouldn't pass through the validator. Like you know they don't render like various reasons. Um, so. We're trying to keep the quality high at the beginning of this process. We're trying to um, avoid spam phishing bad actors, and so that's why there's uh, this friction in the in the getting going process. Um, but over time, we hope to reduce this friction and make it easier for people to send, for sure. I think that's all. Yeah, bunch of links, blah blah blah. <laughs> yeah. You know, leave it up for a while so folks can see the different places to go and, and learn more about it. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, so John, question for you. Um, you know, building is great. As far as like enterprise control and managing that, what about on the uh, the workspace admin side? What do they have to do to enable this or not enable this? Or can they whitelist certain ones? Or what's kind uh, of yeah. if, a, if a, an admin's watching today and wants to know um, how do I allow this? Great question. The admin controls and the user controls are relatively similar. Uh, I think you have. have oh, that? I mean, can you hear me? You froze for a second, but I think you're back. Okay, I like being back. Um, <laughs> admin controls and user controls are relatively similar. You have to allow images to be displayed for AMP to render, and then there's a, another checkbox for allow dynamic mail at all. Um, and so if you don't have those enabled, then you won't be able to see it, and it'll just fall back to HTML. Awesome. Hey, pivot for a second. Steve, I know you've built some of these, and um, you've played with it, and you know, obviously, uh, you have an extensive, at least a historical background in HTML and CSS. What was your experience like? What would you tell folks to do to get started? What's your guidance? Um, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of an iceberg. Um, you know, I think there's the getting starting experience is actually really good. Um, the playground is awesome. The there's yeah, the two two playgrounds are great. They give you instant feedback. Um, you know, live previews of everything you're doing and. It, 
you know, for me, I, I tend to build most, most things I build are uh, React, right? But, you know, if you use Angular or anything like that, or Polymer, like the model for AMP is not that much different than, you know, any other modern framework for building UIs. So like, like I didn't find the learning curve that bad on just doing interactivity. Where it, for me, where I think like where it starts to get tricky is, you know, AMP is a little bit more restrictive in layouts and dynamic resizing and things like that. And so there's like a little, a bunch of little hacks you have to do and, you know, things like that to get, you know, the really, really nice layouts. Um, and, you know, and then, you know, there's a, as you get deeper, there's more and more and more. Um, you know, John, I think you were talking about, you know, some of the testing tools and, you know, thinking about analytics, right? Like, you know, your click-through metrics are going to change and how you track that, right? And that's something that if, you know, if you're not thinking about, um, you know, you could, you could be in for a surprise, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. You're launching thing and you're like, hey, our, our engagement's way down. It's like, well, no, your engagement is actually up. You're just not tracking, you know, the same things. Um, yeah, you know, like so if, you know, yeah. Uh, if the Google Docs team had measured the success of those emails on how many people go and viewed Google Docs or time spent in Google Docs or one of those things, like time spent on the website, they would have considered a massive failure because people don't go to Google Docs as much because of this, right? They get the thing done inside the message and move on with their lives. Um, so you have to be careful uh, what you are measuring. Make sure you're measuring what matters. That's why some of those, like I, I talked about click-through rates, um, but then the more important metrics were things where revenue went up or conversions went up, right? That's make sure you know what the metrics that matter are for you, for your business uh, right. and measure those. And don't, med don't necessarily count on what those things that are generally leading metrics if you can avoid it, so. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big user now of the uh, share permissions in a document right inside of email. And that's a super hard one to figure out how much time I'm actually sending. I will tell you my click-through or my completing the task has gone lay up, right? I'll do it immediately. You don't have to think about it where you may be you know, waiting two days or asking me twice for it. Now I'm like right there. And that's hard to capture, but I couldn't imagine going back and using the old version either. So, you know, obviously exponentially it's changed my workflow. I can imagine that on 2 million users, it's probably pretty big as well too. I do have another question though. I mean, you know, John, you, you hammered home pretty good, have an HTML fallback. Um, obviously not every single client in the world is going to support this. So you need plan B. Yep. Also, another thing, these are dynamic males that are living, breathing, actually kind of phoning home to get live data and bring it back. There's a time period when they actually expire and they're no sure. longer dynamic. Can you go into some of the, first of all, talk about that and then talk about the kind of the reasoning and the best practice around it? Yeah, for sure. So after 30 days, uh, an AMP email will fall back to HTML inside of Gmail. Um, largely because we didn't want senders to have to keep up infrastructure for old things. Um, so like I send an, you know, an email campaign out with some survey, like I don't want to have that, have to keep that infrastructure up for two years just because maybe somebody's going to keep, you know, opening that email for some reason. Right. And, and there's plenty of stats that show that if it's older than 30 days, it's the, the likelihood that somebody was going to do something interesting with it is way, way, way lower. Um, so it shouldn't be too much of a problem. Um, but it is a limitation. Yeah. I, I pretty much declare bankruptcy for anything that's over 30 days and <laughs> just, if it's important, they're going to resend it. So yeah, if I haven't responded to you in a month, you should ask again. <laughs> I, I suppose perhaps a question for Steve, um, you know, a lot of our viewers are app script developers. It, is it possible to, you know, start making app emails with app script or 
is the infrastructure just not going to be there for that? That's a really good question, and I have no idea. <laughs> I I, it's just not something I tried. Um, well, we've got our homework for the show, folks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm guessing yeah. the answer is <laughs> probably no. Mm -hmm. um, just given how you know how things are whitelisted, yeah. just because you know they're you know yeah, there's because it's otherwise you're like you know the, the whole whitelisting process goes out the door when you put you know make that a feature in app script to yeah. be able to send this content right to to anyone right then like what does that approval process look like and yeah uh, so uh, yeah my, who's, my who's hunch is it's yeah. not gonna work um yeah i don't know yeah but we don't we yeah, you bring I, up, I don't know i, I yeah it's an interesting question. I mean, we all know, and we kind of we kind of joke a little bit. There's, you know, thirteen hundred different mail merge tools written on AppScript, um, and we know people are writing even more as we speak. Uh, isn't there a way of actually having your payload be AMP versus your payload being straight HTML, and why not? Uh, and John, do you know of anybody who's got a mail merge type tool in the market or coming out with one that may use AMP as as a feature? Not that I'm aware of in the add-ons, mail merge add-ons space, like conceptually what you're doing is then sending that as yourself. And so the from address would be you. Sure. We don't approve individual senders uh, in that way. So that wouldn't work today. Got it. Um, but in the land where it's just part of how email works, absolutely, you could you could build stuff like that. Makes sense. And uh, yeah, just I just like you get the Gmail app and everything. And I doesn't look like it's going to allow you to send, you know, attach no. a third body type. No. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think the answer for AppScript is is just not at this time. Put in um, the feature request, people. Yeah, another an interesting use case could be uh, calendar availability too. Um, but again, it would have to come from a central address. But it could be the same thing that uh, the Google Docs does, where we sort of friendly name it as Steve Basil has sent you a thing. It actually comes from no reply at alex.google.com or whatever it is. Um, so it could come from, you know, mycalendarsoftware.com. I think Doodle even had one for a bit, although I haven't seen it recently. Um, so that's, I think that's another really good use case. Well, I think a great use case, you've probably seen this where folks mail out their calendars. And yeah, exactly. Pick like, off pick, pick and exactly. that mail automatically just shows the one, you know, the ones disappear that are no longer available. I mean, that's a great use case, which actually, let me, let me do this. I'm going to ask John, Steve, jump in as well. John, you built this. Obviously, you're the builder of the tool. <laughs> but if folks listening, what would be the one idea? What's the one classic canonical use case you would love to see somebody build and take to market or, or build a solution around? Like, what would, what's the, what would you like to see someone dream up and build? The things I start getting excited about are when people build mini apps inside of the email, like really doing something useful and productive. Uh, and keeping people like engaged inside that message, um, letting them do the thing and move on with their lives. That's where it, it gets exciting. So again, the calendar thing works. Um, subscription preferences widget at the bottom for uh, bulk senders would be an interesting one. Obviously, things like surveys make a ton of sense. Um, but I like when people can like get worked at like that uh, that Zapier one where you can replay tasks. That gets me excited. If um, if I was able to respond to uh, things like, you know, a Jira ticket or a GitHub pull request or some of those kinds of things, those are very interesting cases to me. Nice. 
yeah, as a as a developer, yeah, it's the the issue trackers and mm-hmm. GitHub things like that. Those were the ones where um, you know, because I respond to those emails all the time, right? Yeah. And it's like right. click, open a window, wait for it to load, scroll down. All right, Fine. and it's oh, okay. it's not that long. I mean, it's you know ten seconds, but ten seconds. 50 times a day, five days a week, it, you know, it adds up. And then, yeah, you know, there's millions of people. It's, you know, I mean, changes the world. Given, <laughs> given Google is quite a big EDU marketplace as well, I could see how a lot of educators would be getting really interested into, you know, you know, sending emails to students and are just clicking buttons to, you know, for quizzes or things like that. Or, yeah, you know, um, you know, even grading stuff. From within your email <laughs> those would be super cool mm. yeah the um yeah what i'm actually really curious about this has nothing to do with enterprise use cases but there's a there's actually an email-based poker tournament that runs every year <laughs> and uh fascinating yeah it is it is it is um but that like is like a perfect case, right? Where it's like I want because it's every time there's an action, right? You know, in the in the game, it sends you a new email, uh, and then you have to kind of piece together the the history. But to have that just you know render, hey, here here's the status of things, um, you know, and it's live updated all the time is actually super cool. And I think it's all open source, so I think I have a project now. <laughs> we have a couple of questions inside uh, from Sorab that I would love to answer. If you want to pull up one of those, I'll answer whichever what order you pull them up in, Martin. There you go. Cool. Does AMP help with not having emails land in spam at all? Um, only in such that it increases the interaction rates and the usefulness of those emails and people mark them as spam less frequently than it absolutely would. But you can't like have a crappy experience and then just AMP power your crappy experience and hope it, <laughs> hope it, it does better. Um, and then the next one was, can payment processes also be integrated inside emails using AMP? Not really. Um, so I think you mentioned that shopping experience one. Yeah, so the, the way that, yeah, the way that Skipify does it is they already have, you basically already have an account with Skipify. So think about it like an Amazon one-click. You can't Amazon one-click if they don't have your credit card and they don't have your shipping address and they don't have all this information about you previously. Um, and so that's the same concept with the Skipify thing. It's just, uh, you know, there's some validation that you are actually you um, using uh, tokens, access tokens. Um, and then everything else exists on their platform. They deal with payment, they deal with all that stuff. And never is that passing through the email itself. Just your intent to buy is the thing that passes through the email. Yeah. Yeah. I think for, yeah, if you already have saved payment info, it's, you know, shouldn't it be a problem? Right. I mean, I, yeah, I don't. I don't. I mean, as a user, I don't know if I would want to put my credit card number in an email. But I don't want you to put your credit yeah. card <laughs> number in my emails. Yeah, so please don't. I wouldn't mind if you did it and send it to me, but that's okay. <laughs> Speaking of and send it to me, that's the other thing. Uh, one of the other security features of AMP for email is um, if you forward an AMP email, it strips off the AMP part. So right. any sort right. of you know tokens, any special stuff that's in there that is unique to that user goes away if somebody forwards it to yeah. you. Yeah, which is important because I mean, my the way AMP works for you know for the audience is everything is proxied and anonymized. Um, so the only way that you can have user identity is that information has to be encoded into the email at send time. You know, usually like a, a JOT or something like that, a JSON Web Token, something that 
securely identifies the user and is signed and and so on. Um, so yeah, you definitely don't want that content to be forwardable. Um, otherwise, yeah, anyone you forward is going to be acting as you, right? And it's like so the same experience. If I, if I email this to a group and not an individual, I get the HTML rollback. What happens when an AMP email flows out of a group? That's a good question. I think I got to try that. Test use case. It probably works. I don't know. It probably works, but the authentication wouldn't work, right? Because it's not a bunch of individual bits. Right. Okay. Well, it would, it would be acting as whatever. Whoever's one authentication thing. Whoever, yeah, bad. whatever it's bound to, you know, it's at some time. Yeah. I, I, just, I think. I think it might fall back to HTML, but I'm not entirely certain because yeah. of the mechanism of group sends, but I'm not sure. Well, we have a, we have a test opportunity. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you, let me, let me phrase that question in a different way, John, is there any scenario, is there a sweet spot or anything maybe too complex you'd say avoid or too simplistic that it may not be worth the effort to actually produce the email? Like, when do you know you've got a use case, right? Like what's the, the sweet spot? I, I, yeah, I don't necessarily think there is something too simplistic. If you think back to that carousel example that the Nest team sent out for back to school, it was literally just pictures in a carousel. I mean, that's relatively straightforward, very simple, no magic to it. Uh, just looked better and worked better inside of email because of the AMP and it yeah. that had better results. So like, there's nothing, I don't think there's anything too simple. Okay. Um, too complex. I mean, you're limited to 200K of uh, markup for the AMP part. So... That's a lot. Over that. You can do. You can do a lot. Two hundred K. You can build an entire shopping cart, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I found building them myself. My biggest limitation was my design skills and my CSS skills. Making them work was one thing. Making them look good was harder. That's why I love the partners have actually built templates and models and actually will help you do that yourself. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's been a while since I made good-looking web pages. And that's where I found, that was my biggest limitation is how do I get over that hurdle? Um, because I felt like I, I, I was hand rolling a lot of CSS and, and, and learning things I learned 10 years ago and uh, subsequently forgot on purpose. And so I'm glad to see partners making it easier, making it accessible. So I remembered why you forgot them. <laughs> uh, so, you know, talking about the, you know, the partners, or you, the people who have done it and had these really great metrics, do you have any sense of, um, how much their investment was, right? Were these, um, you know, two week long engineering efforts or, you know, when you start throwing in user testing, you know, were they looking at a quarter? Like, like what, what's that ROI? Um, like, you know, what's, what's the investment part? Yeah, some of those cases were in the very beginning phases of AMP for email before we had like good documentation and <laughs> stuff like so, that. Yeah, very <laughs> Their investment was obviously much higher. Um, they were working through the problems with us, and we really appreciate all the partners that are willing to do that. Um, but you know, in terms of uh, current state, you know, if you are doing something relatively simple like the Nest carousel, and you have good, you know, you're not Charles, and you can actually do CSS, uh, <laughs> it actually shouldn't. That shouldn't take very long at all. That shouldn't take, you know, a day, whatever. Um, if you start doing more complicated things with, you know, XHRs and API backend things like Google Docs comments, that's obviously a more involved process and will take you longer. Um, 
And again, the Google Docs comments were one of the you know sort of the early stage things, so that one took a long time for the team. But the uh, approving uh, access control one was way faster because again, it was a robust, non-changing uh, set of standards they were building against, and they had done it once. That's a great question. I mean, we have some great use cases that our folks are showing. Do you know? Are you aware of anybody who's got some samples or? or uh... You know, the, from the code side, just so we can see how it's done? Or is there a place we could find that? Is there some open source, so to speak, or some? I mean, yeah, the Playground has a bunch of examples. Yeah, it, it does, but they're normally not as formatted. They're normally more um, something you can actually learn how to use the AMP components. But I was wondering if there's anything more elaborate or more. Uh, um, I haven't, yeah, I haven't seen them yet, but my understanding, I'm, uh, for those of you, I'll plug myself. I'm giving a talk at MailCon next week with uh, Mark Robbins of Salesforce. Um, and he has a bunch of examples in the deck and will, from my understanding is that they are gonna have a whole bunch of examples posted as part of their launch when they officially support this. Um, so awesome. in theory. That's yeah, one awesome. thing I like on the amp.dev site is, uh, I don't know when it popped up, but it was you know sometime in the past few months uh, uh, you know, a little bit better section on enterprise use cases and recipes, and you know, so like it's like yeah, like these three components are how you build this experience, right? And it's kind of like breaking it down so that you like really get people, you know, down a, a very particular path quickly. Um, and I was yeah, we, we ultimately do want to build out more of those examples. Yeah, I mean, and a shout out to that team. That is that is actually a brilliant piece of documentation in the site and, and having the. Um, the tool up there, the playground is amazing. Um, it really is, uh, you know, you mentioned there was no documentation at first, but now they've done a really great job with that. And so again, you know, if you're, if you're thinking about that, you're watching this, and you want to learn how to get started. Um, it is pretty interactive, especially with the, with the playground. So it's, it, you can go zero to 60 pretty fast. Again, oh, yeah. my, my hard part is making them completed solutions that look pretty, but again, yes. you know, your mileage may vary. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's why the stripes, the dispatches uh, and, uh, Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> okay. The stripos, the dispatches, those people that like have the visual builders um, make it much easier to send the pretty pretty versions. Yeah, I, I still have trouble making mine uh, beautiful. But yeah, I was playing around with because um, it's such a common use case for. Um, hey, my camera blanked out. Um, a common use case for you know the enterprise cases are the uh, the workflows. Right, the you know similar to the doc comments, um, you know responding to a ticket, responding to whatever, changing the status on something. So you know I've been playing around with that, and um, I just did one from scratch earlier today, and you know it took about half an hour to get from nothing to you know a couple of cloud functions deployed and you know a simple email that that works, right? I mean, it's ugly, <laughs> um, but, you know, I was really, you know, it's like constantly surprised with, um, you know, just like what you can do with, you know, very, very little markup. It was about, you know, 40 lines of HTML and I have, you know, something that's pretty close to what Google Docs does. Like, that's like kind of cool. Yeah. That is. And it's also an excuse to get your design team in and, uh start showing them what's possible and uh, I'm sure they'll help you with your CSS. 
Yeah, for, if for anybody tuning in, drop in the comments some use cases or ideas. Uh, it would be awesome to get some feedback on it. Um, Sorb has one. Yeah. yeah. Sorb's got a lot. We can't wait to see what I can call Sorb out here. Um, Martin, just uh, obviously, admittedly, you said that you hadn't actually paid much attention to this prior to this show. So first of all, hopefully you're, uh, we're not preaching to the converted. But <laughs> you, if you were to go back and build a use case, what have you seen? What have you thought? What kind of inspired you uh, to take this next steps? I, well, for me, I'm, I'm kind of strongly in the education sector. So I think it's those kinds of use cases. Um, you know, anything, you know, it was one of the main reasons I got really interested in AppScript was it it removes administration from teaching and learning. And um, this is why I can see AMP, you know, for email doing, it's removing, you know, even just a couple of clicks yeah. where a teacher is like a couple of clicks and you've got a class of so 30, 300, 3000, it just multiplies up. So, if, you know, I can see huge productivity gains there. Um, also, I think, in terms of user experience, you know, even today we're we're still dominated by email. So you know, uh, you know, even even my daughter's got an inbox. Um, <laughs> so uh, you know, it's it's a technology that's not going away. Um, you know, it's supplemented. You know, we use chat and other tools, but um, you know, still the inbox dominates. So uh, I think that's where where I'm interested. Uh, and coming at this from, um, I think you know more people get using it. I think it hopefully it will just snowball it, and um, you know the 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 good people will just start unpicking how you know suddenly they're getting interactive emails and start wanting to do it themselves. Hopefully, that's the goal at least. Yeah, if you build it, they will come. And I think again, part of it is. I felt it's been pretty much of a, a best kept secret, um, just because it wasn't for everybody at first, right? It's a, you know, obviously the verification process does you know make make it a little harder for the average you know user to approach, you know, novice developer to approach. But I hope now that people see it or people uh, you know, become aware of it, more people will apply for it. Hopefully, and John, if there's anything you can share here, hopefully we'll make that that process a little smoother or easier. Not you know lowering the bar, but just making the bar easier to get past. Uh, for I was wondering. Um... John, it might be too early, but is anyone offering AMP for email as a, a service in terms of, you know, um, uh, essentially, you know, you can start dragging and dropping components in and it's all already pre-verified for you. So you just need to come to them with the idea and they'll, they can do kind of, yeah, kind of gory I stuff. Mean, I don't think there's anything that's like pre-verified. So, you know, multiple use cases coming from the same sending address that's yeah. uh, dangerous for a variety of reasons. Um, you know, you don't want the bad actions of company X affecting your deliverability. Um, so no on the pre-verification part, but yes on the drag and drop and, and make it easier to create part. Um, and once you have something created that works, like, you know, talking through that uh, verification process or registration process, you just have to have a working AMP email fill out a form on amp.dev, uh, our teams review it, Yahoo's teams review it, and mail.ru's teams review it. Uh, you, you send a working copy to each each uh, email client, uh, and you know they get back to you with any changes, but usually if it works, it's not a big deal, and then you're good to go. So it's a barrier, but it shouldn't be too bad if you have a good email. 
Is there any cost associated with that? Nope. Perfect. There's not any cost associated with any of uh, AMP Freemail. Awesome. It's all part of the OpenJS Foundation. So there's no excuses is what you're saying. <laughs> exactly. No excuses. Awesome. Well, I think we're, uh, we're, I won't say we're amped out. I think we're amped in. I think we're excited. <laughs> amped up. Amped up. There it is. We're amped up. Exactly. So first of all, I thank you guys, um, John and Steve for sharing and for everyone for tuning in. Um, with that, anybody else, any last passing words, Steve, John? I look forward to seeing whatever Sarab's going to make or whoever else is on the call. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want to, I want to, I want to know what people, what ideas people have come up with from listening. Um, and then if, if there's something they need, right. It's like, are there more examples or, or whatever, right? Like how do, how do yeah, I always care about developer experience and I think AMP is there. It's got a great developer experience right now. Um, but you know, things could always be better. Could always have more samples, more tutorials, more whatever. <laughs> Perfect. All right, Martin. Yeah. So, um, thanks, Steve and John. So we're back here next week, and um, uh, we're we're going to uh, fulfill my edu itch. So we've got an education special next week. So hopefully you'll join join us for that. We've got Alice Keeler. And Dave from Flubaroo fame. Exactly. Uh, so uh, we're looking forward uh, to that. I'll um, learn his surname by then, or unless I put the caption up, Dave of Flubaroo fame. Dave from Flubaroo. <laughs> <laughs> all, all, good, all good people coming up. So. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> thanks for joining in, folks. Uh, and thanks for your comments and feedback. Uh, we hope you continue enjoying the series again thank you to steve and john and uh with that i will wish you all happy scripting thanks everybody <laughs>